You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. And then yeah. the idea of the show, uh, once, you know, we were like, hey, what do you think about having our record release and a show and the beer release all at the same time? And that spawned a whole nother bunch of, <laughs> whole nother bunch of emails that, uh, you know, and then we kind of just hit the ground running. Uh, Jason and I are, are pretty good at kind of, I'd like, I'd like to think we are anyway, thinking outside the box and trying to do different stuff, not to advertise, but kind of is more like a, uh, to bring attention to the band. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, brought to you by Sound Talent Media, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. I hope that you've been having a glorious week. I most certainly have been. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I'd just like to ask you to follow the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, I'm also asking you to rate it and write a review. Now, why am I asking you to do that? Well, you have to imagine that when someone is looking for a new podcast to listen to, to invest their time in, what do they do? They scroll down, they look at those reviews, and if those reviews are favorable, well, they're most probably going to give that podcast a chance. So by you writing a review for the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, you might actually be the person that helps sway someone's decision to become a future Vox and Hops head. And that would be something that I would truly appreciate. Now, on today's episode, I'm with Blake Harrison and Jason and Hammaker of Zealot R.I.P., as well as with Jeff Hancock of D.C. Brow, and we're going to talk about our brand new collab, Ambush Predator. This is Vox and Hops, episode number 301. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today I'm with Blake Harrison, Jason Hamacker of Zealot R.I.P., and Jeff Hancock of D.C. Brow, and uh, we're about to hang out because uh, about a month ago, a few months ago, uh, we all did something really cool together. We we did a beer collab, and uh, I'm excited about it. Ambush Predator, the Mexican-inspired, in- inspired lager, right? Am I getting that right? <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's right. So let's just start with a very simple, uh, how is everybody doing tonight? How are you feeling? Um, how was this uh, today for you? Très bien. <laughs> See, that's my like little menu French that, you know, I took six, five years of French and French up to French five. I did not, wasn't in high school for five years, <laughs> but uh, you know, 25 years later, it's hard to remember anything, but like ça va and très bien. <laughs> Is anyone else surprised Blake from Pig Destroyer took French? <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit surprised. <laughs> uh, for, yeah. for, for the intensive purposes of this interview, Jason, I am Blake from Zealot RIP. <laughs> yeah, but Blake from Pig Destroyer was the one that was in school. Yeah, I took French. That's, true. <laughs> That's amazing. I took Latin and failed it miserably. Oh, really? <laughs> Yeah, so bonjour. Bonjour, bonjour. Uh, I grew up in Quebec, so French was, there was no other option here. (laughs) (laughs) How are you guys doing, Jason? Jeff, how are you guys doing? Doing very well. I'm good, man. Amazing. You know. Ambush Predator. um, I rarely, rarely ever ask uh, an origin story on Vox and Hops because it's one of the most annoying questions that bands get asked. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. But I am curious. (laughs) (laughs) But I am curious as to how this beer came to life. I'd love to hear exactly everything about it because I came in, I think, late 
in the loop to get my involvement in this collab. So I am curious, how did Ambush Predator come to life and uh, who wants to take that? You didn't you didn't really come in late in the loop. You actually came in pre pretty early because uh, for the Brutal North America, we can kind of tag team this, Jason and Jeff, but the Brutal yeah. North America, you wanted Zelda RIP to be part of that. Yes. And that was with uh, Commonwealth Brewing. Commonwealth yes. Brewery in Virginia. And uh, something went awry there and we couldn't work it out in time. Um, so once Commonwealth couldn't do the collab with us and you, I remember our first beer collab with Champion Brewery in Virginia and Jeff being at the show saying, well, we'll do a beer with you guys. And then that I was like, well, why don't we just do that with Vox and Hops and DC Brown? And then I think I emailed Jeff or texted him and then I'll let someone else pick up the story. <laughs> it's kind of convoluted after that. Yeah. Um, the text came through. Uh, God, I want to say shit, man. Like 2020 and part of 2021 being kind of the weird mulligan ass COVID years that they are. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It started from text and, and then the information started kind of flying back and forth fast and furious. And for me with, you know, my just inherent short term memory problems, I was like, all right, let's take it to email. So yes. we started hammering out um, the beer, uh, the details about the show that we ended up doing um, for their album release and the beer release uh, came together. But um, yeah, you know, Blake, Jason, I being kind of kind of beer heads like that, Blake and I more so. I know Jason's kind of new to the to the booze fold, but uh, <laughs> he's here and we're happy to have him. Um, yeah, it was, good. It was you know, most of the way I approach collabs with, with bands we worked with, um, you know, darkest hour before, uh, pie tasters, local ska legends and the sword kind of impetus for things is just like, what do you want to drink when you're on stage, when you're like sweating, you're nuts off and you just kind of want to hydrate, but you still want to drink. So that kind of laid the groundwork for it. Mexican lager came out, um, as far as an idea and then. Yeah, the recipe kind of evolved from there. And then we got you that that little video footage of us kind of, kind of tasting. You know, it was like our, almost like our, what would you call it? Like your I 20 minutes of nothing. 20 minutes of nothing. But uh, yeah, you know, we kind of worked with some existing DC Brow beers to inspire the recipe. And um, we, we kind of took it from there and ran with it. And they were uh, great to work with. Amazing. You covered lots of ground right there. I want to break down some things. Um, you are correct, Blake, that I did reach out to you to be a part of Brutal North America, where I released 22 collabs all it's across. supposed to be 23, right? <laughs> supposed to be 23. <laughs> supposed to be 24, actually. But, oh, wow. Uh, another one did not pan out. Uh, but... Uh, all across North America where I teamed up metal breweries or metal theme breweries or breweries that had some metal humans that work there with past guests of the podcast to create a collab for their band. So sadly it didn't pan out, but I am happy that you did. And I remember seeing an email exchange of trying to get uh, DC Brow as a part of Brutal North America, but the timing was just way too tight because it was we were near the end of everything. It, was, it just didn't work out, and that's perfectly cool. Uh, you also touched on a, a new found a uh, person that enjoys uh, alcohol so jason you, you mentioned you were you were straight edge so, so to talk to me about this transition if in your life if if you are open to speaking about that yeah yeah totally like i i was straight edge i was like in my 30s i mean newer being i've drank like 12 years at this point you know um but i was actually in my 30s and then i was kind of i was put into there were two very distinct scenarios that made me question why am I doing this? One was I happened to be, this is going to go real deep. 
I happen to be at a cockfight in a village <laughs> in the <laughs> deep recesses of Peru. No joke. This is no lie, Matt. <laughs> this is just typical hammocker. Yeah, 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 totally. And um, it was super. There was not, it was run. It was in a village run by a generator, and this guy came in with six armed guards, all heavily armed with the AK-47s. I'm the only white guy there, and so he immediately beelined over to me, and he was one of Peru's most famous pisco producers. And he was like, hey, you should try this. I was like, hey, I don't drink. <laughs> he was like, what? For friendship. And I and I faked it. Hmm. I faked it. And then I was kind of like, if this guy either has made enough money to have to have permanent armed security or his stuff is that good anyway, like, what am I rebelling against? Like, what is... So I felt like... I felt I wasn't being kind of honest to the spirit of why I chose that lifestyle to begin with. Then the second time was I was actually on tour with the band in Israel and I grew up, my dad's a minister and we were in, I got invited to a house in Galilee where allegedly, you know, take the faith out of it, you know, where allegedly first miracle is Jesus turns water into wine. I was like two blocks over you know <laughs> at someone's house for dinner and they were like do you do you uh, drink this water it'll turn the wine in your stomach no they were like do you want a glass of wine with dinner and i was like no i don't drink and like what are you baptist i was like well actually i did grow up baptist <laughs> <laughs> and then it was it was like this another big question i was like why why am i not doing like why am I restricting myself? It wasn't like I'm trying to go out and party, but why? And then the moment where I actually made the decision was I did a bunch of documentary work in Syria and I was in Damascus. I was actually on a roof uh, down the street from where Paul became Saul, you know, in the ancient town of Damascus. And this guy had made wine. He's like, would you like to try some wine? I was like, yep i'm in and then that kind of changed everything and then the first actual beer that i had that i didn't grimace which he's gonna he's gonna get to that question for you anyway <laughs> no, no, I keep going. First beer. <laughs> which which was uh the one that i drank the whole thing was uh a triple was a chimay triple really well that's heavy that's that's a big yeah it it's heavy, but it's you know I find that like a lot of people that don't drink really like Chimay, mm -hmm. um, but you yeah. know you can't find it everywhere here. That's true. Like, and it's what nineteen dollars a bottle or something like that. <laughs> it's super expensive. Yeah. yeah, it was heavy, but that was that was like my my turn, and then I got you know being involved professionally in the world of history and and all of that. I got super nerdy into all of the Belgian things, and then. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> and here we are now. We're, you know, we're, we're about to uh, drink a uh, Mexican-inspired lager. Uh, <laughs> Vox and Hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends, talking about their lives, music, and craft beer. Now, what are we all drinking on our sides that uh, we're going to virtually share tonight? Blake, you go first. I am drinking the Ambush Predator. I figured in my cephalic carnage glass. Sicker. Um, <laughs> I figured, uh, you know, I would probably be true to this. And if Jason, I want to do a little humble brag here. If Jason was super into the Belgians, he would have gone to Cantillon. I have been to Cantillon. 
toward the facility. My beverage. <laughs> but you can you can edit that out, man. <laughs> uh, Jason, what what are you uh, enjoying on your side tonight? Yeah, I gotta get my. So I just hammered this. It's not even beer at all. I'm on a detox. I had chlorophyll. Wow. Okay. <laughs> with uh, Topo Chico carbonated water. Topo Chico. Now what's that? That's a brand of carbonated water. Is that it? Yeah. Have you ever seen that stuff? I have not. Dude, I don't know what the deal is. It's from, It's actually Mexican, comedically okay. enough. I didn't think about it. But it's got the carbonation bubbles are way smaller and oh. it has a lot more of them. Interesting. Than normal, but I think that's just the way it is. Interesting, interesting. But that's my that's my carbonated water of choice. Jeff, what are you going to be enjoying tonight? Yes, it is Oktoberfest from uh, from the brewery that I am part owner of and brewmaster of. But it's our Oktoberfest. We do it every year around Oktoberfest time, which is now uh, <laughs> Oktoberfest are one of those styles that keep getting released earlier and earlier mm-hmm. every year. We release ours, I think, in like the the first. Sec- first ish, second ish week in August, which is just kind of laughable wow, to me. Okay. But <laughs> okay, let's do an April month here. <laughs> yeah, it's just gonna hit that like. All right, now we've gone through all the months, and <laughs> now it's Easter Fest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, October Fest with the Easter colors. Yeah, completely. You know, Matt, I've got to point out the last time you and I did this, I was hungover from shooting a zealot video. That's true. So I was not drinking. That's true. <laughs> so I don't, oh, I don't remember if you right. remember that. Yeah, I do. Last October, yeah, or, we're about a year, a year yeah. apart. Yeah, yeah, it's about a year apart. Yeah. yeah. On my side, I am drinking a Mexican lager, although it's not ambush predator it's uh something from a quebec brewery called uh, lanolton co it is their mexican lager uh different than yours this one clocks in at 4.6 percent uh how much is ambush predator because i was looking and i never found that detail um i don't think that made it onto the final label it's um four and a half it says it right here anyway it's kind of our our standard for Kind of where we operate in the in the the, the approachable ABV lager uh, range at the brewery. I'm very interested to to like go right into this beer. What you said that you inspired like from other uh, recipes that you got going on to make the Mexican inspired lager. Talk, talk to us exactly about what this beer is. Um, what went into it? Which hops? I know that's a inspired because there's a bunch of Euro hops in it, which most of them wouldn't have, right? So, so take take us into what actually is this beer. What is this beer? So. Before I get into it, I'll do a brief little kind of thing. Um, essentially, all the beer that um, Mexico produces now was more or less kind of brought over from Germany. German immigrants, you know, just like most European countries at some point in time, last couple hundred years, decided to expand. Bunch of uh, bunch of Germans moved down to Mexico and, of course, brought all their amazing um, lager brewing techniques with them. So uh, Mexican lager, uh, by definition, is almost like kind of a typical, like it can be a light lager or like an amber lager uh, close to a Dunkel's. But this one is on the lighter side. Um, has It uses our traditional uh, German yeast. Uh, we couldn't get a actual Mexican lager yeast in time, which would have been kind of fun to play with. But yeah, German Pilsner malt, a little bit of rice as an adjunct. Just because that helps, uh, you know, give a fermentable and uh, make the beer a bit lighter in body, easier to drink. Drinkability is what people say. And then uh, we used 
some German hops and um, Czech hops. Uh, the Czech hop is called Zatz. It's a famous uh, aroma variety uh, used in um, Pilsner or Kell. It's kind of like the single hop, the standard for the style. And then we use some Hallertau tradition. So it's got a little bit of a nice aroma there to complement the sweet malt, the little bready malt nose, um, and just enough bitterness to kind of counteract the sweetness. Amazing. On my side, uh, this one was hopped with Hallertau Blanc and uh, Triple Pearl. So uh, cheers to you all. Happy to be finally hanging out, sharing a brew with you all. Jason is in yeah, detox. But, uh, <laughs> there we go. Laces forward. Woo! <laughs> I like to continue with you, Jeff. Um, you, you, you also mentioned that you always ask bands when you do a collab, uh, what do you want to drink on stage? So take me to the Mexican lager, Zealot. Uh, why, why did you guys want to be drinking this on stage? I can understand why, because it's crushable. It's not too heavy. I know, Blake, you're a huge fan of stouts. Um, but you did release you know, two Mexican loggers in one week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With a three Floyds for a biggest story, my other band. Um, basically, uh, you know, I, I looked at browse and I know you asked Jeff, but I looked at browse, uh, like current, uh, I guess you said lineup and it didn't seem like they really had a Mexican lager. I know that they're mildly popular nowadays. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to make a triple Imperial donut molasses, <laughs> maple leaf stout that the brewery can't sell. At the same point, the brewery needs to sell this too. So that was kind of my idea. And, you know, I did, like you, like you said earlier, I really wanted something drinkable, something slammable. And it wasn't, you know, talking to the other guys in the band, not just Jason, it was kind of that all around. And I think Jeff kind of agreed with that. Um, you know, yeah. DC Browse got some great IPAs and stuff, but I, you know, I think their strongest beer is their pills. And uh, the other co-owner really agrees with me on that too. And, you know, I can drink that pills like it's water. Not that it tastes like <laughs> I just love it. Um, so I kind of wanted something along those lines. Yeah, and I figured it would be, um, I mean, you know, if, if anyone out there has seen Zealot perform, I mean, you know, they, they work it up. They turn it up really fucking quick. And they need that instant hy- They need that adult hydration. And that is the form of, of ambush predator. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things, like, if you want to abuse it a bunch or a little bit with some friends and, like, shotgun it and get dirty with it, you can do that. But you can also, like, sit and savor it. So it's a little bit of a little bit of both worlds. And, you know, being a logger, um, loggers are definitely on the on, on the come up now again. You know, IPAs aren't ever going to leave. But, but yeah, a good logger, I feel, um, speaks volumes to people. And sometimes, you know, even though hops are being more accepted in the heavier uses and in the IPAs and hazies and all the various sub IPA styles. I mean, nothing accounts for a good lager. And I feel like majority of metalheads out there would, uh, would have to agree. I definitely think metalheads in a pit, you know, enjoy something crushable. They want to drink a lot. That's a metalhead culture. Going I to mean, a show come on, Matt, you like craft beer and how many times have you been to a show and you might've had one too many 19%. <laughs> And you're not really feeling the show, you know, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. You got to stay in the moment. Do you want to stay fresh? Exactly. Uh, Jeff, you have done a bunch of collabs with other bands. Uh, I spoke to Mike about doing one with Darkest Hour. I am curious, uh, what are some of the biggest differences, uh, challenges? I know that these guys are super easy to work with, but um, other bands are not always. And I discovered that by doing Brutal North America. Uh, what, what are the biggest differences, challenges doing a collab with a band versus another brewery? 
You got to name, name that. Name, name that. <laughs> um, I'll be honest, and this is totally not a political answer, but all the bands we've collabed with have gone super smoothly. Um, thankfully, people, you know, just like I trust the professional musicians to make the good music. They definitely entrusted me to like put a good product together and take the feedback and uh, kind of materialize it and and have a you know have a product. Um, some of the challenges I would say it's almost kind of reversed depending on if you're working with a brewery that you have a prior relationship with or if you're kind of doing like the you know the first date tender yo yo bro I swipe left like let's talk and make some beer. Um, and sometimes people just want to flex and they can go down rabbit holes about certain things where you know I, I could liken it to trying to write a song i also dj so like trying to make a track where like you get stuck on the minutiae and it's like you just need to get the bones and the rest of the shit will sort itself out no i really uh, um spoke to that in one of our many thousands of emails we exchanged about this how easy i thought it was to work with you and it's not just with the brewery stuff like uh with my relationship with pig destroyer and three floyds is very easy too but with you guys it was great and it was very like, okay, this sounds good. All right, we're going to do this. And here's your marching orders, Blake. Jeff, here's what I'm going to take care of. And that was it. And that was really like, like you said, there wasn't a first date moment ever. <laughs> like we've known each other for five years at this point. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, the other side of that, one of the things that's really cool about what I was really psyched about this, Matt, was, you know, our first show was at the Swedish embassy, like we've talked about before. But Brow gets distributed into Sweden, and the Brow Pills can actually has Swedish Swedish language on the can. So they hooked us up with doing beer for our very first show at the embassy. Amazing. So we were kind of like just kind of waiting to do. So out of like the six uh, Zealot shows, Jeff has been to three or four. <laughs> <laughs> He's basically in the band. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think before the brewery was what pre-pandemic at uh, at High Days in Mount Pleasant, something like that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Totally. <laughs> hey, what's up, Fox and Hopsins? I just want to take a little moment about Cryptopsy's upcoming tours. That's right, I'm talking about the Scream of Perseverance tour and our headliner dates that coincide with that tour called As Summer Burns. The Scream of Perseverance tour is kicking off at the end of May and runs all the way until the end of June. We are supporting the mighty death to all. We are going all over the United States, and we are hitting some of Canada. So excited to be honoring the legendary music of death alongside amazing musicians that performed on these albums. Even more stoked to be doing some headliner dates in some cities that I've actually never played in. If you are planning to come to any of these shows, you should definitely grab your tickets by going to voxandhops.com slash summer, and you will be able to grab all of your tickets there. That's voxandhops.com slash summer. Do it, people. Come hang out with me. Enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in your hometown. Come to a show. We're going to have a great time. Now, enough about all of that. Let's get back to the episode. Talk to me about the brew day. Uh, were you guys actually there for the brew day or the footage that you guys sent me? Was that a, a fake? <laughs> was that a fake brew day? Because I understand that that that, happened that was sometimes. fake. And okay. I, I don't know what happened during brew day. So that's all Jeff. <laughs> we were there. It was not faked. It was emotionally honest. It was staged. <laughs> there you go. That, that's, that's a much better word. I'm going to keep that like for the, my the, repertoire. 
lip sync. Yeah, hey, I'm I'm actually it. the only elected politician on the Zoom call. Let me <laughs> let me let me tweak here. That's amazing. Now, nah, brew day went good. Um, it's uh, I love brewing on our original system. We have an original 15 barrel system. For those out there that don't know what exactly that means, we can produce about a five 500 gallons a turn. So this beer super straightforward it's you know if you're not into beer it's kind of like all right there's a little activity wait three hours there's a little bit more activity and wait four hours um so but no everything everything I'm, went great uh honestly jeff i think this is more of a beer podcast than it is a, is a metal podcast <laughs> tonight yeah, it yeah, is. yeah totally <laughs> if you're free to switch gears on me anytime i can i can fucking go on about well this. nobody gives a shit what type of guitar we're using in, in this <laughs> not for this episode this episode we're talking about ambush predator uh something that i do love about the beer the the thing that i've experienced the most about it is that can art T- talk to me about uh the label how that came to be why you chose that song title to be the beer's name i'm interested in all that so i i was the one that actually hooked up with with mike mike had done a couple of labels for brow in the past and we were trying to we were trying to do something with someone that knew how to do a label and do it quick and do it well. And then Ambush Predator was the name of the first single off the album. And we had done the video for it. And so Mike had moved out to the Virginia countryside and I was going out there all the time. And we just met up one night. We met up one night at there's a brewery in Front Royal, Virginia. And he's one of the designers that really gets it from conversation and so one of the concepts was you know should we just put the the album art on the can and we all kind of thought it'd be cooler to do something a little bit more original yes i definitely <laughs> i like i love the album art i just don't think it pops right. on, on a can like you know it pops in a 12 by 12 format but right and so so one of the things that we were talking about like peter our bass player does the entire art aesthetic of the band. And so we did not want to try to do something that recreated Peter's style, but something that kind of echoed the era that Peter references. Peter uses a lot of 16th century, like pirate uh, original art pieces and like takes inspiration from that. And so being that it was Mexican spotted lager, I'm really into, you know, Central American, what do I want to call it, like shamanism? Like there's an amazing book called called it's one of my favorite books called Jadu about this shaman in the the um, the apex of this story is that this person becomes his apprentice. It's a, it's a it's a nonfiction book and they're trying to turn themselves into a jaguar. So, you know, Mike and I were like nerding out for several hours like, dude, what if we made it with like a shaman turning into a jaguar? and ripping someone's heart out. I was like, that sounds refreshing. I mean, take one of those. (laughs) That's basically what you get. Yeah. (laughs) It's pretty proof positive of the concept. So, yeah. And so, I mean, he like went, I mean, he's such a perfectionist that he painted it. There was outlines. It got scanned. It got, you know, it's at the whole couple different versions and we had to kind of settle uh, the one I I chose was a little more violent than this one. <laughs> really? So, so there's yeah. outtakes. I like that. Um, but I, I think this one probably translated better to an actual physical can. I don't think Brow would have yeah like really blinked at the, the violence. It wasn't so over the top. But the one I, I really preferred, I think it was 
maybe a little more beating hearts and a little more teeth and claws and stuff like that. Um, I don't remember at this point, actually. <laughs> How about you, Jeff? Uh, what's your experience with uh, working with Mike? Uh, he, he's a tattoo artist, right? I speak tattoo is really his primary work right now. Yeah. Yeah. I speak. Um, I, I uh, don't have anything from him yet to, to grace, grace my body. Um, yeah. I met him through my partner at the brewery, Brandon Skull. Um, Brandon's been, I don't know how he came to know Mike, um, probably through the tattoo world. Um, obviously yeah. these two guys can attest Brandon, Brandon likes his tattoos. He's probably about sure 90% covered. He's only got like <laughs> some neck left, some room on the feet and the hands. And yeah, I think uh, it's spleen anyway, is tattooed. <laughs> so the biggest tattoo on his body was done by Mike. Um, and it actually became, uh, an- another, uh, beer label for us. We do a, oh, a beer so every cool. year. That's, uh, all mosaic IPA called Space Reaper. It's like a nine percent, so in, in the imperial range. But that's artwork uh, from essentially the the piece that uh, Mike did on Brandon's back. So now we've probably worked with him, including the band collab, probably uh, three or four times. Definitely a solid three. But yeah, I mean the level of he's one of the more talented artists I think I've met, you know, be it tattoos or be it canvas or whatever. He's just, uh, yeah. Every time we get a chance to work with him, I'm on, I'm, I'm always all on board. I love it. I love it. Well, something else that I love absolutely is that this collab was organized, um, with a thought pattern in mind. It's not just uh we like beer. We want beer. Uh, our fans like beer. <laughs> it was like really organized to be a release party. Absolutely. Yeah which is smart and not a lot of bands do that and it's something that i absolutely want to do in the future when cryptopsy releases new stuff but for the extension of you uh, you guys definitely definitely wanted to have a beer collab yeah i mean it was it, yeah, i think it was also timing um you know we try to like you said we try to get this in time for brutal north america and jeff was like there's just no way we can pull this off so when we started talking we were talking about august and then late August. And they were like, well, the record's coming out two or three weeks later. Why don't we just do that? Um, and then yeah. the idea of the show, uh, once, you know, we were like, Hey, what do you think about having our record release and a show and the beer release all at the same time? And that spawned a whole nother bunch of, e- <laughs> whole nother bunch of emails <laughs> that, uh, you know, and then we kind of just hit the ground running. Uh, Jason and I are, are pretty good at kind of, I'd like, I'd like to think we are anyway, thinking outside the box and trying to do different stuff not to advertise, but kind of is more like a, uh, to bring attention to the band. Like you mentioned earlier, our first show was at the Swedish embassy. Um, as far as we know, we're the only metal band. Sometimes we meet people that work there and like, I saw your band play here. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's me. Um, so, you know, having, uh, you know, getting darkest hour on board and not being able to town some last minute was pretty cool. It was so cool. Um, having the beer release and the record come out, the record literally came out like the Friday before Jason, something like that. Um, because I think records yeah. on Fridays now, right? That's uh, correct. Okay. Yeah, it used yeah. to be, no be Tuesdays. Tuesday. It used to be. I remember it being on Tuesdays too. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you know, it was good timing, and uh, we just kind of thought that all that press together, involving you, involving the label, involving the brewery, would all kind of help each other out in a, in a roundabout way. Amazing, uh, Jeff. Do is this something that happens frequently with DC Brow? Do bands play on the floor of your brewery very often? Not as often as they should. Um, 
the last time we had a bunch of big bands. So we do like a, a little dock days uh, that we did this summer off of our dock, but nothing major. Um, Brandon being a deadhead, we, you know, had some local deadheads come through some instrumental kind of drum and bass uh, bands, but not to the magnitude that we did for the show. I would say the prior one was our five year anniversary uh, that we did out in our big, our big back parking lot. Um, but the other cool thing about the show is that obviously trying to, you know, trying to book shit during the era of the fucking pandemic is like so touch and go. So when we actually like kind of locked everything in, the mask mandate hadn't been reinstated here in D.C. And I was really fortunate that it stopped at that. But, you know, there was definitely like like at the beginning, everyone's kind of panicking, like, what the hell do we do? You know, none of us have lived through this. What's going on? So we definitely had a moment where it was like, we'll just play it by ear. Then about a week out, you know, we saw local uh, venues that had also started doing shows just kind of requiring negative tests, uh, CDC vaccination cards. So we did that. Thankfully, didn't get met with too much static. Um, as all metalheads know, like the crowds are always great. Um, for us in D.C., I feel we're blessed. You know, we don't get too many assholes coming through. So the security yeah. guys, you know, they had a great night. They're happy. I'm happy. It worked out. It was kind of a good uh I would say a good litmus test because the capacity restrictions still haven't been, well, I, they're not going to get reinstated. I think we're definitely on the tail end of this thing. I, I don't, I won't like elaborate on it too much, but I was very happy. We were able to do a show inside with about 300 yeah. people. Everyone had a great time. Well, and since it was in the warehouse, it was, it's a very big space, although not all of it is usable floor space, but the ceilings are 20 feet high and it really felt so, so in, in a COVID <laughs> area that like uh, way more comfortable. And I'm not going to say which fest, but I was at a fest recently where, uh, you know, they weren't encouraging masks, but since it was a lot more open, people seemed to be a little freer with not wearing them. And we didn't seem to have that problem at all. Yeah, no, I, I would like, it's funny to go back and look at the photos from the show. There's like almost everyone in there has got their mask on. And there's like four people on stage not wearing theirs. <laughs> it was weird. But one of the things that was so funny, Matt, like I'm also in the construction world and, and I had this like a couple of days, uh, a couple of days before my mother just came downstairs and like shushed me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, mom. <laughs> Hi, Mama Hammaker. That's, that's yeah, the yeah. first Mama time. Hammaker. That's the first Dude. time. This is episode 301. <laughs> that's the first time anyone's mother has come and shushed. What a funny thing. She's at Jason's house. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. I've got Jason's not at her house. She's at, she's at his house. Dude, that was amazing. Um, so I thought, uh, <laughs> can I tell you a rancid story real quick? No. <laughs> we got time. Go for it. going to be here all night. <laughs> Look at Blake. So in high school, so this is 1993, I was doing this tribute to Operation Ivy, right? And I had it all set up. Everyone was agreed. I had all these bands from like Sick of It All, you know, all these bands. Super official. And their booking agent gave me Matt Friedman, like a phone number for Matt Friedman, the bass player. And um, he was like, yeah, call me at like, whatever, call, call me at like nine, which is midnight DC time. He was on the West coast. And so I had on a school night stayed up late and called Matt Friedman 
And I was like, yeah, you know, I've got recording studios up and down the East Coast. We're just trying to sound as professional as possible. Nancy Hamaker gets on the phone. <laughs> Jason? <laughs> She's like, Jason, why are you on the phone? And I was like, uh, I tried to play it off like it was my roommate. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I'll try to keep it down. She's like, excuse me? This is your mother speaking. You will get off this phone right now. And I was just like, oh, my I can't God. believe your mom didn't let you get to midnight when you were a senior in high school. Hey, let me, let me. I was already knocking off liquor stores by that point. So. So we have a full circle <laughs> this evening. <laughs> the whole point to that anecdote was that I was trying to see if we should get air scrubbers, like professional mm. commercial grade air scrubbers. And I got a quote for it. And it's basically you need one per 500 square feet. And the guy was like, how big is the space? Like, I don't know, like 4,000. <laughs> I called Jeff and Jeff's like, dude, it's 14,000. <laughs> I was like, this is not viable. <laughs> we cannot afford this. We ended up not needing it. Everyone was pretty yeah. cool about it. Um, and since Jason and I kind of were in charge of the event, um, and like Jeff said, when I think when we first put up the tickets, we didn't say COVID restrictions applied because we didn't mm-hmm. know what they were. And... Uh, my girlfriend was like, Hey, you better tell people they need to like bring their vax cards and the negative test. I'm like, yeah, no, you're right. And then, you know, I had to figure out how to do that in, in the most easiest way without trying to be alarmist or anything like that. So, I mean, with those, that was, it's a learning experience. Um, I've been out of the DIY booking game for quite a while. So this was, uh, definitely cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it looked really cool. I wish I was there. It looked like a lot of fun. Now I haven't played the show. Jason was trying to get you down. He's got an Airbnb, <laughs> and I was like, "Well, the borders are closing. I can get him in." <laughs> I would have loved it. <laughs> I haven't played a show in a long time. It would have been nice to be bombarded by some heavy music. <laughs> uh, now, if you could, you, we we've we've done one now, but if we could do another collab, what style would it be? What would we call it? Something, something also drinkable, but we can think out of the box. We could do it super heavy and call it the extinction of you. Like that, that name really lends to that. Um, a good one. But you know, um, <laughs> the really heavy, heavy beer, heavy, heavy IABVs are just killing me lately, man. <laughs> um, I, 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 tell me about it. Yeah. I still really like the, uh, you know, the, the kind of poundable drinkable. Um, Life yeah. dream is to have a triple. Oh, wow. Triple? Jeff. Triple or triple IPA? I mean, I'd love to have a dry Irish style, but you know, like Belgian triple. I love the Belgian stuff. I hope that it comes back. Um, I'm definitely sad to not see it be as prominent as it is in like the IPA age. Um, I was talking with a buddy of mine in the Midwest the other day too, and he's like, I'm not drinking IPAs, I'm drinking Belgian styles. I would love to do a triple. I've already brewed a triple i i used to we used to brew a double for a brief moment in time for uh, granville moore's was that the orange one no so that the both of those beers the triple got canned once it was for um we kind of brewed it as a um for a memorial service for a good friend of ours who mm. uh, was co-owner of was it rock and roll or i'm trying to remember if you guys would have known this dude um i don't know but either way so we called it St. Joseph's Triple. I, I would be mm. down to fuck with any Belgian beer personally. So there we go. Collab number two. Uh, 
announced right here. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love <laughs> it. Got to get through collab number one. <laughs> sell that through first. Let's sell that through first. Uh, let, 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 let's cover that right now. Jeff, Jeff, where can people pick up Ambush Predator? Where can they find it? So Ambush Predator is an exclusive brewery only release. Um, so people can order. We still, um, you know, having to adapt during the pandemic. We have an online ordering system. We do deliveries one day a week. But people can order local um, deliveries. You got to specify that. All right, like local deliveries to the DC, uh, Virginia, all, all in DC, and a little bit in Northern Virginia. But um, coming by the brewery is best place to get it. Uh, Thursday through Sunday, sorry, Friday through Sunday are hours. Uh, we open at four on Friday, and then noon uh, on Saturday and Sunday. Fridays we're open till ten. Saturdays till ten, and Sundays we close at six. So. Amazing. Uh, Blake, I asked you this question last time I had you on a year ago now. Um, I don't know if it's changed over the year, though, so I will throw it back at you. Uh, we're going to wrap this up. One last question. Uh, classic wrap-up question at this point for Vox and Hops. Uh, what are your hangover cures? Uh, for me, it remains the same. Aspirin, sleep, coconut water, or some version thereof. Worst comes to worst, yellow Gatorade. Yellow Gatorade. But, so that's the first time I hear um, that one. Specifically, uh, but you know, really anything like, I really like the body armor stuff because it has coconut water mm-hmm. and it has uh vitamin B in it too. So it gives you a little bit of pep, like kind of wakes you up a little bit. Um, and I actually think coconut water in general is pretty gross, but coconut water every time, if you can, if you can lay back down a couple aspirin and you're good, mm. <laughs> but sleep. Yeah. Sleep is it. Jason, you're new to drinking. <laughs> in, my, in my vast experience. No, I I'm actually like super into coconut water. Coconut water, separately coffee, not mixed. (laughs) And Jeff? I would definitely say coconut water. I like it. I drink it on the regular just because it's good good electrolytes. I also highly recommend uh, a good bowl of pho, Vietnamese beef noodle soup. Kind of always does it for me. They sell the broth at Whole Foods. So typically for me, I'll just stock up on coconut water, one of these little frozen broth- broths, and then probably a banana and lots of water. And Man, lots of water. we are like the least punk rock guys to ever be on this podcast. <laughs> coconut water, coconut water, coconut water. Vietnamese broth from Whole Foods. No, I've heard. I've, I've Dude, definitely okay, heard the, so, fa, the, fa, the fa answer before. Really? Oh, yeah. Something about the salt. So that yeah. is. Yeah. I'd say as a brewer, if you always have access and you can stomach it, a hair of the dog kind of does the trick. Mm-hmm. Bite the dog to bit you. Like all, so. <laughs> but you have to does stop. Does that really work? It does. But you, it, but it then, does. But, but then you, you need to stop. Right. And then you need to go back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> like it works. And, but like, for example, when Big Destroyer just played the second day, I was pretty hungover. My third beer in, I would say I was a little drunk already. Mm-hmm. And then I still did perform. And it was like three o'clock in the afternoon. But I was not hungover anymore. So, sounds like heaven. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, fortunately, we played at like nine thirty that night. So. I've only been hungover actually a couple times. One of them involves pho. My so my wife is Chinese. We would go Chinese from Vietnam. We'd go out and have Sunday. We'd have Sunday pho with the family. I have an art gallery in town. I have um, a whole lot going on in those openings. And so we went, I drank too much, and I went to eat pho and shared it with the entire bathroom walls and floor. 
Oh, wow. That's not, was, that's not the hangover cure we were looking for here, Jason. No, no, no. That was not the cure. That was the solution. No. <laughs> Just hit the eject button, dude. It was, Look, it was like wild. Jeff and, J- and Matt and I are like laughing maniacally, like, we'll show you no hangover guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh totally. God, His body just rejected, and I love it. Yeah, yeah. It did not work. Blake. Jason, Jeff, thank you so, so much hanging out with me, talking about your life, talking about uh, music, talking about Ambush Predator. This was great. Uh, Very excited that we collaborated together to create something unique, something crushable, something delicious. Uh, I am beyond stoked that we just hung out tonight. Everyone, go check out the brand new Zealot R.I.P. The Extinction of You came out September 10th on 3-1-G. And go pick up the rest of those Ambush Predators at DC Brow. Cheers to you all. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. Man, was this an excellent, excellent hang. Man, did I laugh so, so much. It was just so interesting to get the full picture of this collab. Now, I have been a part of this collab since basically the beginning, as Blake was explaining, but I was more so on the sidelines than any other collab that I've been a part of. So I thought it was super cool to actually sit down with them, have a full conversation to see exactly how this beer came together and what the beer was and what it tasted like and to hear about the release show. It was just so damn cool. I love the idea. I am just so proud to be a part of it. The can art is sick. The beer sounds amazing. You should absolutely go pick some up at the DC Brow Tap Room if you can. Massive cheers to Blake, Jason, and Jeff for hanging out with me and having a good time because I most definitely had a blast. If you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, you should absolutely sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast's mailing list. You can do that on my website, Vox and hops.com and when you do that you shall receive one email a week containing all of the details of everything that has happened throughout the past week in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast including all the details for any episodes which I dropped throughout that past week if I've been a guest on someone else's podcast any pertinent information for any projects that I have in the works as well as the updated links to the Brutal Awakenings playlist which is available on both Apple Music and Spotify and is curated by my man Jerry Monk the metal architect himself so please please do me a favor sign up to the vox and hops metal podcast mailing list because there's just so much going on i would hate for you to miss a single thing the vox and hops metal podcast is brought to you by sound talent media i hope you have a glorious weekend i will be back next week with one episode dropping on tuesday but until then remember to enjoy life metal and craft beer cheers vox and hops heads Hey, what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff, as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out.